gotta do the intro. Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> Cece here. Alex here. James. Yeah. Here. James here. Oh man. Uh it's been a long time since we've recorded, so we're a little loopy. It's also Monday. Oh, it is Monday. I've got a bad mm. case of the Mondays, you guys, but well. It rained all day today, too. That didn't help. Oh yeah, here too. Yeah, it's been nasty out. Yeah, it's like Seattle here. Ugh. Sorry, Seattle. <laughs> You're offended by that. You guys get a lot of rain. <laughs> well, listener, we want to welcome you to the 13th Floor Podcast. Bing. <laughs> let Alex do that only because this episode marks one year of the podcast. Can you guys believe we have been doing this craziness for a year? It's wild. Uh, it's crazy. It's been a fun year. Yeah, it has been a fun year. But for anyone looking and going, wait a minute, this is 51 episodes. That's not a year. Well, we missed a week because of severe technical difficulties. Yeah, it was on the 4th of July. We were partying. That was the technical difficulty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, our recording didn't save, but. Yeah, we had to re-edit the podcast all over again. Or Cece had to re-edit the podcast. Yes, I did. And you know what? We persevered. We're here. This is episode 51. And before we get started, I just want to address something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just want to address, like, I just want everybody to know, if you're you're listening, if you've listened to all 51 of our episodes, if you haven't, if you're newer, um, we just want to remind everybody kind of who we are as the hosts of this show. Oh, yeah, uh, Alex is the skeptic. James is the believer. I'm the in betweener. And uh, if you're listening to this, we make jokes and we don't mean to offend anybody. But we just want to remind you that you know Alex comes into this as a true skeptic. <laughs> he pats all of these conspiracy theories away for the most part. So yeah. he does not mean to cause any heartbreak or bring oh. a tear to anyone's eye. We don't, I can't believe all of these, or I would go literally crazy, like James has. Yeah. Well, you know, ba- throwback, yeah. <laughs> throwback to our what was the, the episode where we talked about horoscopes? Oh yeah. If there's any credence or truth to that, Alex is a Scorpio, and they're said to be very, very, they're realists, and they're also very um, awesome, skeptical of everything. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so there you go. It's just because he's a Scorpio. Uh oh! Did you hear that? James fell down on on live on the podcast. I heard it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you okay, James? Yeah, I'm good. He fell out of his chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, if you do like this podcast, if you you know if you enjoy it, our little chats and discussions, uh, we hope that you'll give us a five star review. On Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is click into your podcast, click that you like us, give us five stars. If you really like us, you can also leave a little review to to help help us feel better. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) It would be really awesome. But, you know. Yeah, we love hearing from you. I mean, it really is great. Like, all the responses we've had have been just uh, 
just terrific. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of wonderful back and forth with you guys. Yeah, it's been really nice getting to talk to. We've had a lot of people reach out to us lately and send us topic suggestions. And there's nothing more uh, exciting and kind of like motivating than that because we've been doing this for almost a year. And it's just kind of now starting. So it's it's uh, it's exciting. It is exciting. I, I love getting the feedback from our fans. Well, you know what? We're here for a year. So, Alex, what's our... What's our icebreaker for the full year? All right. If you got a disease, which one would you want? <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Alex is going to not do our icebreaker today. It's in true Alex fashion. He is. He has missed the shot. So <laughs> missed the shot. Instead, I'm going to be asking the question. I just thought of it <laughs> on the spot, you guys. Wow. All right. If you could live to be 100 years into the future, what would you hope that Earth would achieve? Well, you already know what James's is. He either hopes mm-hmm. he's already died on Mars by now, yeah. or he's a part of a computer program. Yeah, that's true. Ja- but, you know, mm. let's get James's answer uh. on the record, James. What do you want to see on Earth in 100 years? I want to see Earth to. I, I would really hope that someday we can completely master the output that we have in terms of pollution, and uh, you know, no more endangered species, no more extinct species, except for naturally occurring, and just you know, clean everything up. You know, maybe we one day it'd be really cool if we could go to other worlds and just turn Earth into a nature preserve or something. Darn it, James! You took my answer. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I was going to say less pollution. I'd like to see a cleaner Earth. Now, are you all okay yeah. with that being a result of using nuclear energy? Yes. I'm a staunch advocate for nuclear energy and electric cars. That's the thing. People complain, oh, well, the Teslas, they run on coal. Well, let's run them on uranium then. And Ooh. dead serious. James <laughs> will be running for president, and that's going to yeah. be his platform <laughs> in 2024. I prefer the term God Emperor, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what's your answer? Uh, you know, I think the pollution thing is probably pretty good, but it's very, it's very, uh, beauty pageanty. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. It's a little virtue signal. Yeah. I, I could see that, but I'm serious, so, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know that I've even heard Elon Musk talk about how impractical it is, but if I could just get a flying car, I think I'd be happy. Oh my car. God. <laughs> or a jetpack, like an car. awesome jetpack. Jetpack's more practical at least. Yeah, maybe a jetpack. Because then you're like, not in a gigantic two-ton metal cage yeah. when you go into free fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least with a jetpack, I'm just going to be hitting those power lines directly instead of my car hitting yeah. them. Because you know that's going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so James and I want a cleaner earth. Alex wants a jetpack. Well, ask- <laughs> well, maybe we can ask this on the Twitter because now that we're at a year, like Alex has got to pick up his Twitter game. So maybe we'll ask all of our listeners on Twitter, our our 13 followers on Twitter, uh, to give us their answers. So anyways. Yeah, shoot them at me. Yeah. I'll be there. I get notifications when someone tweets at us on there. How how often do we get people tweeting at us on Uh, at 13th Floor Pod? James did a couple days ago when he posted our episode. Oh, yeah. James did do that. Thank you, James. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think my roly-poly tweets at you guys, too. Oh, oh, so Slater Slater the Isopod follows the 13th Floor Podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Beauty. 
All right. He's well, one of our most devout fans. Yeah, it's true. Even though he hasn't left us a uh, iTunes review now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, what what yeah. gives Slater the iTunes? Yeah, he pod? needs to do that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Would roll again. <laughs> All right. So enough about us in the podcast. Let's let's get into our topic this week, you guys. And it is a very timely topic. It is. It is the coronavirus. And it's one that we might have to double dip on if like big revelations come out in the future. Yeah, well, we'll Very see. Very true. I I think that, well, you know what? Let's just get into it. <laughs> Let's just get into it. We'll discuss our thoughts and our ideas on the theory here shortly. But James is, James O is going to start us off. All right. Sounds good. Um, well, right off the bat, people have been in a tizzy about the... Uh, I won't even name the beer because you all know the name of the beer because it's the same name as the virus. But people have been in a tizzy about just the name itself thinking, you know, well, why is it called that? Why is it called the coronavirus? And just sort of a little backstory on that. Viruses, do you guys actually know what a virus is? And I don't mean that in a, in a pretentious kind of way, but I mean, like, what, what is a virus? Um, it's a protein. It makes you sick. It's a protein. makes you sick. <laughs> Well, okay, here's the deal with viruses, and this is why I asked, because I think most people don't really know what viruses are, hence the people who rush to get antibiotics, for example, when they have a viral infection, which is a bad idea. Um, a virus is not, by modern scientific definition, alive, which is really confusing because it does a lot of things that living things do, but it's not considered to be a living thing, and that's because it doesn't do some of the key criteria it's not made of cells. Every other living thing is made of cells. It doesn't reproduce on its own, and it does not actively acquire nutrients in order to move around. All a virus really is, is it's a protein coat with, this is the key thing, DNA inside. That's what a virus is. And what it does is it latches onto a cell, usually using those proteins uh, on that outer coat to bind to it, injects its DNA in, this causes the cell to just turn into a viral DNA factory and it just keeps making it and making it and making it and making those protein coats. And then it just explodes like a flipping Ridley Scott alien type movie. And then those viruses that have been manufactured by the, the animal cells go out into the body and begin to do the exact same thing to all the other cells. And the reason why the coronavirus has that name is because those proteins on the outside of that coat form like a spiky little ring. That looks like a corona. It looks like a halo. So that's why it's called the coronavirus. Yep. That's the deal with the name. And this particular strain is very unusual. Uh, the 2019-NCOV, as it's uh, been called, has a lot of discrepancies that sort of lend itself to conspiracy theories, which is part of my topic. Uh, right off the bat, your average coronavirus normally starts in the nasal passages. That's how it's it's absorbed. And it's usually absorbed through droplets or surface-to-surface -surface contact, which this version is too, but, and it's going to get a little stranger here, after that, uh, usually you get a, uh, uh, shoot, what's it called when uh, incubation, an incubation period of about uh, three to five days. Then you come down with the sniffles. Then you get a sore throat, maybe, stuffy sinuses. And then after a few days, you're done and you've recovered. What's weird about this particular strain is one, 
it can spread a lot easier. It spreads through surface to surface. It spreads through droplets, but it also spreads through teeny tiny itty bitty droplets that, that aren't even referred to as droplets. It's just more like the ordinary water that we just naturally exhale constantly. So it's not just a case of being coughed or sneezed onto surfaces or directly into another person's like uh, breathing passages. It can actually be uh, absorbed through just regular ex exhalation. That's right, right off the bat. That's very weird for a coronavirus to do. Another odd thing about it is the symptoms are pretty mild at first after the incubation period. And then it just turns into much more like a, a cold symptom uh, with, with coughing and, and sneezing and, and just more severe right off the bat. And this is the part that scares people. It tends to be followed up kind of like the flu with severe, severe lung inflammation that often evolves into um, a pneumonia or severe bronchitis infection of the lungs. And that's what's really messing with people and causing a lot of this panic is those symptoms are not common amongst the coronavirus. And there's been a lot of uh, talk and speculation about how it got started. Uh, I'd say you guys probably have heard. I know that Alex has heard of the bat soup theory. Mm -hmm. And the truth is nobody really knows where it got started. And that also lends itself to conspiracy theory because it, we do know two things. We know they got it started in late December in Wuhan. We know that. We know that it has a long incubation period, and that was one of the things that played a role in its very fast spread. I mean, to a point where a lot of the people who are in the initially infected, they still haven't recovered, which yeah. is just like I said, I've, I've told you before, uh, coronavirus, normally you're sick for like three to five days. And so people have been sick for for over a month now, almost two months at this point, and some of them still haven't recovered from it. And that's extremely unusual. But it got started in Wuhan in late December, and it's been traced to an area near an open air market where a lot of different animals are being eaten. It really made me appreciate, or, and not when I say appreciate, I just mean consider, not, not like be happy about, but we don't really eat a diverse array of animals in the United States. No. Like there's pretty much four animals that, that your average Joe will eat over the course of a year in the U.S. You know, chicken, pig, cow, and then every now and again, some species of fish. <laughs> I think that's about it. Yeah. You know, but over there, these open air markets have bats, hence the bat uh, conspiracy. Uh, they have, I mean, just an array of animals in very close proximity to human beings. The agriculture itself relies on very, very, very close proximity to a much wider array of people. Whereas, you know, in the U.S., the factory farming situation, usually you've got like two people working with like 10,000 animals and it's a lot more automated. And what this does is it lends itself to what's called a zoonos or zoonos, which is just a, a pathogen that has evolved in one animal and has jumped to another and is able to infect that other species. And when we talk about zoonoses or zoonoses, we generally mean it's jumping from a mammal to a human. That's right. the ordinary way it jumps. Very rarely will it jump from any other kind of animal. Uh, the bird flu is a great example. That was very weird because generally speaking, you do not get an infectious disease from uh, birds. You might get uh, an infectious fungus from a bird or, or a parasite, 
but not a flipping virus or a bacterium. That's very odd. So that was that was one of the most interesting things about that particular strain of the flu. In the case of coronavirus, there's two theories. One, it is a zoonose that has jumped from some mammal, could actually be a bat, to a human host and evolved to adapt to, to human hosts. Or, and this is where the real theory comes from, where, where people are panicking, there is a biological research uh, company that has the same effing logo as Umbrella in Wuhan, only about three miles from where patient zero first got infected. So that's weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also a lot, a lot of uh, biotech labs this past year or two have done quite a bit of research on implementing viral proteins that are normally found in other animals, including bats, and their efficacy infecting humans. Now, when you couple... The, that very odd string of research, that very suspiciously located uh, biotech company, and how unusual 2019 NCOV strain of Corona is, there, it's it's not the least bit surprising that people are making conspiracy theories about it. it I mean, it, I'd be more shocked if nobody was. I'd be more weirded out <laughs> if people were like, oh, this is absolutely, just just believe what the CDC is saying. And then lastly, and, and I'm not saying this to, to be political, but we do know it's very well established. It's not even considered politically incorrect at this point to state that if a country's economy relies on a certain aspect of the reputation, they're going to cover things up if it's damaged. A lot of people are theorizing that the numbers of infected, the numbers of dead are not being accurately portrayed on the world theater, that's very plausible. It, it's very plausible that it's being um, censored a great deal. No more than, I mean, if you go on a uh, any internet message board and you start writing about um, Tiananmen Square, it's going to get censored in a certain country. <laughs> it happens to be the same country where this outbreak is taking place. Does that mean that they are covering it up? No. It just means it's very plausible that if things are bad, and and things are bad, things are so bad that 80% of China's economy is currently in free fall. It's, it's fallen faster than Alex would in a flying car. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. And, I mean, they had to, they, yeah. I don't know if many people saw it, but they built that hospital in 10 days. They built an entire hospital yeah. just for coronavirus victims. Yeah. And, and even that, people are arguing, was more like a PR stunt because it's like, how good could that hospital be? You'd actually be better off just turning a hotel six or a motel six into a uh, like a, a little bivouac for sick people, a triage center or something. So yeah, it's it's a real red flag, and it's a golden age for people who play any of those plague ink kind of games, which I do yes, because I do too. It almost feels like it's it's really unfolding in real life, and I don't mean that to mock any of the the, the sick people. I'm just saying it's almost surreal what we've seen so far and and all the naysayers are saying oh well it's not like SARS I mean it's that was to me the biggest red flag was when the CDC came out and said that HIV was less or was more infective had a higher rate of transmission potential than this that's complete nonsense anyone with five seconds of of knowledge of anything re regarding uh transmission of disease would know that HIV wouldn't be nearly as transmissible as something that is simultaneously airborne and contact 
transmissible. That, that's crazy talk. And that was what they initially came out with. And that alone, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just common sense that that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that out, right off the bat, that's that's a red flag that we're not being told everything. Regardless of, of anything else, it is definitely more uh, transmissible than SARS. It's already got more infected people than SARS. It's already got more uh, of a mortality rate than SARS. And that's saying something. That's just the information that China's willing to give us. So, yeah, it's it's scarier than the other media-hyped diseases that we've seen lately, with the exception, of course, of like Ebola and the Marburg virus and things that really are legitimately like 12 monkeys level scary. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but that's all I've got right now. So uh, take it away, Cece. Well, James went over a lot of stuff I was going to talk about. We talked a little bit about what I was going to ah, do, but, but it makes it flow a little better. Yeah, so. it makes it flow a little bit better. But I'm going to talk <laughs> about some of those, like uh, the, the Marburg briefly and some of the oh, other gotcha. zoonotic oh. viruses that yes. the coronavirus is kind of similar to. So as mm-hmm. James mentioned, I'm just going to talk about zoonotic viruses, so the viruses that hop from an animal to a human. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of speculation as to what animal it's from. I actually read an article today that it, uh, the pangolins mm-hmm. might be an intermediate. Oh uh, no, yeah. they're yeah. very endangered. Yeah. Oh no, people are gonna hurt them. I bet. Yeah, that's what that people say. It could either be good because they oh. might leave them alone, like oh they can give me the coronavirus, or they it might go. Kind might be like that. Way. Might be like that uh, armadillo effect. Like I don't want leprosy, so I'm not gonna touch an armadillo. Well, it, it makes me sad because I've always wanted to like befriend a fruit bat, but uh-huh. a lot of these things come from fruit bats and bat species. So now I'm just upset. Well, now you just put one in a cage and don't touch it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm uh, yeah, that's the thing. You, you can you can give it a hug, just don't make it into soup. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. So, anyways, over the past fifty three years, there have been about ten different zoonotic virus outbreaks, and some of them have been more widespread and deadly than others. But they're all pretty scary, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Some of the viruses I had heard of, some of them I hadn't heard of, like Marburg, um, and I'll, I got a lot of my information from ScienceAlert.com, who sourced the CDC, the UN, the World Health Organization, several other reputable organizations. So I do trust the information that I'm getting from them, but. The, the specific virus that we're facing right now, the novel coronavirus, it's similar to two other kind of viruses, the, the SARS, which James mentioned, and then MERS, M-E-R-S, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. And uh, with SARS, there were almost 9,000 reported cases, and that's reported. There could be more than that that weren't reported, obviously. But Science Alert says there were just under 9,000 cases of SARS when it happened. And that outbreak happened in about 2003. And there were 774 deaths, giving SARS a mortality rate of about 9.6%. Mm. So it wasn't fun. Mm. I don't like that. For MERS, though, that was actually worse. Um, there were about 2,500 cases. So not as widespread, but it was deadlier. There were 858 people killed, making the fatality rate 34.4%. So coronavirus, and the hard thing about coronavirus is that it's still unfolding and all these numbers of infected and those who are dying is changing daily. And again, it's like, we don't know if the information that we have is accurate. So it's kind of difficult to say, but oh, the, the viruses that scare me the most. <laughs> oh. oh boy. The, the fever viruses, the hem, hem, how do you say it, James? 
Oh, hemorrhagic. Okay. Yeah, the hemorrhagic fever viruses like Ebola and the Marburg virus. And I'd never heard of Marburg, like I said a second ago. But oh, this one was this is this is like something you'd see in a movie. But it's similar yeah. to Ebola, and I feel like most of our most of the listeners will probably know about Ebola just because of the outbreak that we had a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But Marburg is very similar to Ebola. It has kind of similar symptoms with like you know a lot of bleeding. But they both come from the same family of viruses, filoviridae. How do you say it, James? Filoviridae, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's how you say it. Another word that I can't pronounce. But Marburg was first identified in 1967 when lab workers in Germany and Yugoslavia got really sick and then their family members got really sick. And they had all been working with African green monkeys which had been exposed to little precious fruit bats who carried the virus. Mm. So it went from bat to monkey to human in that case, but it was way Mm. deadly. It wasn't widespread. They were able to stop it pretty quickly. There were about 466 reported cases. 373 of those infected died. Wow. That's a high mortality rate. So Yeah, the the fatality rate is 80% for the Marburg. Oof. And it's just like yeah, it's just it's one of the scariest viruses out there. Ooh. Yeah, and I read that they they were looking for some type of vaccination for it in 2009. They started working on that. I think hmm. I think that was the one. Hmm. But you know that one's that one's no joke. Yeah, that scared me a lot. But Ebola, meanwhile, it was first identified in 1976, and it's also suspected to have come from cute little fruit bats. But <laughs> It has a 40.4% fatality rate. And I remember when the Ebola outbreaks happened like recently because I was working in yeah. news. And we used to have people call the news station to report that they had seen someone bleeding from the nose and that like we all needed to protect ourselves and report that Ebola <laughs> had come to Kentucky, which is not true. But yeah, it was, it was oh, man. absolutely nuts. And I think that like with the news – the, the news, it's important for them to report on these things so that the general public knows, but it does also create, you know, this fear of these things oh, that yeah. aren't, yeah. It, it makes it seem like it's a lot more widespread than it actually is, at least in the case of Ebola. We have no idea really with coronavirus, but when, when Ebola was out, we had a lot of people calling the newsroom who were just absolutely terrified. And it's like, you're not going to go to the bluegrass airport and catch Ebola. Like, there were people that were going to the airport dressed in hazmat suits because they were afraid of Ebola. Now, I will say that maybe these people getting, I guess, overly cautious, maybe that that side effect of them being terrified decreases all these cases because everybody is staying inside. There's less uh, passing of the viruses. Yeah, nobody's ever benefited from panic. Panic yeah. is never a good response. If you're really worried, buy rice, buy beans, buy salt, and get, you know, if, if something bad happens, then they can just hang out at home. Oh, I mean, have, <laughs> have you heard of the Salem witch trials? They prevented lots of uh, witches by panicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it is important for people to know how to keep themselves clean and to protect themselves from these things, which I think is good. Yeah. But I think that the way that sometimes the media latches onto these stories, like, you know, this is coronavirus is something scary and it's something that people need to know about. But at the same time, I think that, you know, the way that it's reported, it can really cause a stir that yeah. isn't always reasonable well and especially like something like the evening news they're not going to give you the all the facts about it they're going to give you the highlights it's yeah it's yeah 
it's the news, man. I know all about well, they that. Don't have time. They don't have time. So what are you going to do? You're going to make it more entertaining and terrify people? Or are you just going to like blab some facts that people are going to shrug off and ignore? <sighs> the news. But you guys, let's talk about the flu. <laughs> let's talk about the flu, okay? The bird flu and the swine flu to be exact. Mm. Oh, James, I hear you groaning. I hear you groaning. Yeah, I had I had the swine flu, man. It was the only Ooh. time I've had the flu other than this year. And boy, I, whatever I had this year was great compared to that. The swine flu was the worst illness I have ever, ever had. And you wow. were in bad shape with your flu this year. Eh, it was okay. Well, you, I wouldn't have known that with the way you, you were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the man flu. Yeah, the man flu, exactly. <laughs> but there have been a couple of bird flu outbreaks over the years, different strains, but still uh, pretty deadly nonetheless. There was an outbreak of the H5N1 bird flu strain in 1997, killing 455 people with a 52.8% fatality rate. Oh, I didn't know it had that high of a rate. Yeah, that's pretty high. And then there was the H7N9 bird flu outbreak in 2013, and that's the one that I remember when that happened. But that killed 616 people with a 39.3% fatality rate. Hmm. So it's nothing to be, it's nothing to be hmm. trifled with. It's pretty high, too. Yeah, just don't mess with yeah. it. And then, obviously, the swine flu. Poor James. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. But y'all remember it. That came out when we were in college, didn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. James, you could have given me the swine flu. It could have. Yeah, the difference between the swine flu and whatever I had this year was, this year, it was just like, oh, somebody, please make my throat stop hurting. Whereas the swine flu, it was just like, somebody just put me out of my misery right now. Oh. Dead serious. <laughs> it was just that bad. Oh, man. It was. It got a lot of people, James. You were not alone. It infected mm. over 762 million people worldwide. Killed about wow. 284,000 people, and its fatality rate was just 0.2%. So it it was very, very contagious. Fortunately, it did mm. not it did not take as many lives as some of the other zoonotic viruses that we're talking about right here. Well, it took more lives, but the percent was not as bad. Yeah. It wasn't as contagious. Exactly, compared to. But this was back yeah. in my hypochondriac days. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I used to think I had back everything. Back in, aren't we currently still in those times? No, not as much. Oh. You've got to admit, I'm not nearly as bad as I used to be. Mm. Not, <laughs> boy, I'm going <a>, to <laughs> uppercut you. But anyways... There were two other very interesting zoonotic viruses that I'm not going to really talk about here. Hendra and Nipah. You just talked about them. I'm not going to go into <laughs> it. But if you mm. aren't a hypochondriac and find this stuff interesting, look into those. Nipah was actually pretty uh, – or Nipah, I don't know how to say it. But it was pretty vir- viral. I think it had a 77% per- fatality rate. So I guess oh, when you wow. say viral, doesn't that mean it spreads – it, further or just viral is it how much it like ravages your body it's bad that's a good point actually it has a high mortality rate yeah. because i was thinking I think the reason why we viral, use the word it spreads yeah. wild. well i think exactly i think the reason why we use that term is if you that's another thing i neglected to mention you know viruses tend to have a much higher transmission rate than bacteria and they also mutate faster than bacteria which means not only are they more resistant to treatment but they also tend to change in symptoms as they jump from host to host. We ask the hard-hitting questions here on the 13th floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the coronavirus. 
how does it stack up against these other viruses, you guys? Mm. It's hard to say at this point. Just because, as I mentioned Agreed. earlier, it's more cases are being reported every day. More deaths are being reported every day. We don't even know if we have the correct information. The latest figures that I could find was listing just over 42,000 cases reported with just over 1,000 deaths. So according to the World Health Organization, the current fatality rate is about 2.2%. But they also say that that will likely change as more cases are reported and more deaths occur. They think that it could possibly go down just because they think that it is going to obviously spread. There are going to be more cases reported. But right now, most of the people who are dying from this are older patients or those with pre-existing health conditions. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, well, they say that – and you stole some of my uh, bullet points there, Cece. You're but, welcome. But they uh, – between you and James, I might have a paragraph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they say one of the worst things you can do one of the worst things you can do if you're feeling sick and like you have the flu is to just stay at home and like not yes. tell anybody. So it's a matter of mm-hmm. not letting this thing prolong and start to devastate your body to the point that it's going to be a struggle to recover, which is what I think a lot happened in China is people didn't know what they had. They didn't know the thing was going to be as devastating as it was. You know, you know, when you get the flu, the doctor can't really do anything. So usually they prescribe you yeah. like a uh, something to Tamiflu. Yes, Tamiflu so flipping great. Oh, I they love give Tamiflu. You, ta- you get Tamiflu or you get some anti nausea medication, but that's it. But in this case, it's good to go to the doctor. They find out you have this, and they're, they're going to take better care of you. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> they kind of my my actual topic. I got on a tangent. My topic is really about the spread of this virus. James really covered a lot of why it's spreading so fast, but. I kind of want to break down like some of the terms you'll see in the news. Like epidemic is just the rapid spread of something within like a smaller area. So like Wuhan is where the thing began and is like spreading like wildfire relatively uh, compared to a lot of of these other viruses that we've seen. Now, like I think an epi- epidemic is classified as fifteen and one hundred thousand people are catching something, so it doesn't take much to be an epidemic. But surprisingly, mm-hmm. the big cat—I guess the big catchphrase right now—is pandemic. And pandemic mm-hmm. isn't really that hard to be classified as either. And the coronavirus is already starting to be called like almost like a little pandemic <laughs> because it has gone international. And that's the big thing. That's that, my hip hop name, by the way, Lil Pandemic. <laughs> Lil Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But it's mm. like like HIV, the Black Plague, and Spanish flu were pandemics, and they were all pretty devastating. But this is not that devastating. Like Cece said, this has a what? Two point two percent. Two point two percent mortality rate, which isn't that bad. But in order to be a pandemic spreading throughout China, like it is right now is a stipulation, but also going international, which recently, even in the last day, uh, Japan has gotten 45 people that got coronavirus on a cruise mm-hmm. ship. Yep. And a couple oh, of yeah. Americans and a couple other people. So this whole thing is rapidly expanding, which is why I was saying maybe we should revisit this in the future because things are changing a lot. And we're learning, you know, this came from bats, but now it's what? The pangolin? What's it called? Pangolin. 
pangola, which is just the coolest looking little creature. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah, I love penguins. It's like a real life Pokemon, as James would probably say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But they're yeah. endangered, so don't touch them. Yeah, you shouldn't touch them anyway, but now it'll kill you, so don't touch it. I love how this is like a PSA. <laughs> you see a pangolin, stop, Peter, Peter's turn around, love this walk away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this is technically kind of a pandemic already because it has breached that country's borders and really spread to a lot of places. Now, it isn't so widespread. Like you said, it's only 40,000 cases. 42. Oh, yeah, 42. There's 2,000 cases added to that over one day. Yeah, it's a lot. So that's how fast this thing is currently growing right now. Really, the most the reason why this is spreading and this could breed into a full-blown pandemic is kind of the things that James mentioned is the incubation period, which during an incubation period, you don't necessarily know that you're carrying a virus. That just means that you can transmit it and that it's just living within you. Now, the incubation period for the uh, coronavirus is currently 2 to 14 days before you show first symptoms. Which mm-hmm. has been a problem with containing this thing because that what it takes a two week. weeks a, that's crazy yeah so like a week is a vacation who knows how many people went on vacation to China came back and they're going about their daily life and routine for even up to a week before they show symptoms and start spread like yeah and the symptoms at first are just kind of mild it's like oh I've got a cold yeah so. So this started, uh, what was it, end of December? So let's say mm-hmm. someone got it the first day. 14 days later, they're back home in the U.S., maybe in New York City. And they've given it to somebody else and they've gotten sick. They finally started to show symptoms. And then their friend they got that caught it 14 days later, they're showing symptoms. That's a month. Yep. That's a month before everyone that they've infected has started to show their symptoms. So you can see how this could be a a really dangerous thing. Yeah. Is if the incubation period was stretched to its limit consecutive times, you could have it spread pretty thin, pretty far and wide. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way it could really become a pandemic. I was going to go over some numbers that CC already crunched for us. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But scientists are cautiously optimistic. Like we said, this is pretty mild overall, especially compared to some of the things that CC brought up. Marburg. Yeah. I mean, there's the mortality rate is really small. And a lot of times it's either because you're old, young, or you just didn't go to the doctor. Or you had pre-existing conditions. Yeah, pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. can really uh, compound the effects of the virus. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting to note that some people could possibly be asymptomatic and never show symptoms and still be yeah. a carrier of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the case what with... What was that lady? Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Real Typhoid Mary's walking around. What scares me in terms of those numbers, though, like right now, we're, everybody's saying it's 2.2%, but here's a little problem with that. If somebody currently in Wuhan, and that's where the, the real mortality numbers are coming from, nowhere else right now. Somebody in Wuhan gets coronavirus. They are symptomatic. It is confirmed. They're hospitalized. Sometime later, they begin to recover. And then that, what I mentioned before, that uh, trademark 
uh, lung infection that comes afterwards, like pneumonia, they get that, they pass away from that. It's probably, and a lot of people are making this argument, it's probably not being marked as a corona death. It's probably being marked down as a pneumonia-related death. So we might see a big spike in pneumonia and bronchitis mortality that's not being attributed as it should in this instance because it's directly piggybacking onto corona infections. This kind of putting my tinfoil hat back on for a little bit, but there are <laughs> a couple other, like we mentioned the bioweapon briefly. You mentioned like the umbrella, mm. which if people don't know, it's a fictional uh, company in Resident Evil video game that creates the zombie outbreak because of a virus that they created. And so that's what James, re- every episode references Umbrella. They have the same logo. It's wild, yeah. It is mm. wild. It is wild. But the weird thing is, is that a, uh, I forgot what his position was, but he's a envoy from China to America. And so there's an interview with him from yesterday or two days ago, where they ask him the question mm. about uh, the theory that this is a bioweapon. And the guy really beats around the bush on whether mm. this is or isn't. He doesn't outright say no, but he never says, I mean, he obviously never says yes, but he never really denies it. And it's really Oh, odd. that's weird. Mm, yeah, I gotta he's check like, that out. He, he doesn't act like it's completely preposterous, which is like mind-blowing that he doesn't react the way that you think someone would if you're like, oh, well, you China released a bioweapon. He's like, uh, he goes, you know, well, there's no real evidence for that. Um, and it's like, Ooh, that's not normal. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's spooky. Thing. Yeah. And so that's kind of odd. And then we've also got some really weird things going on with like the amount of like sulfur chemicals that they're putting out in the area. Like they showed, yeah, they showed me that earlier. They showed like a heat map. Weird heat. It's like stuff. this really weird heat map. I think people should look up and it's just mm. very bizarre. There's weird things happening with this thing. Well, I will say, and I'm not, I'm not saying that everything that you just said it isn't, you know, accurate. But there is a lot of misinformation that is being spread about this, and a lot of things that people are writing that really have no scientific basis. Yes. So, if you are looking into this stuff, make sure that you check out your sources. Make sure that they're credible sources, because I feel like a lot of people are seeing these things. Like you see a headline that says, "Oh, you know." Uh, you know, something crazy is going on and then you just automatically assume that it's true and you send it to somebody and then everybody's got it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true. So right. just be very careful with your sources. Uh, I, I, that's it for me. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, that's the coronavirus. Oof. Dangerous stuff Peel, out there. Meal. I don't like it. I did have somebody, and James, I'll ask you this question because I have no idea. But um, I had somebody reach out to me and ask me what we think of the coronavirus with regards to having come out when the, all of the protests in Hong Kong are currently uh, underway. Yeah, that, that is definitely ripe breeding ground for, for a conspiracy. But I'm, I'm inclined to dismiss that one for two reasons. One it certainly isn't benefiting mainland China if ground zero is in mainland China right. Two, the effects that it's having on their economy is absolutely devastating. And three, and this is, this is sort of the, the big one. Biological warfare is definitely a viable means of controlling and influencing 
geopolitics in the future. It's definitely going to be a thing. But currently, it would make a lot more sense just to use plain old artillery if that's what you wanted to get things done with. It's not like it, it's not like the world theater that's watching this uh, unfold is going to be like, hey, you can't do that to Hong Kong. I, I'm kind of with you. If this, the timing of it is, I guess, if you're looking at it just in terms of a inconvenient timeline, yeah, it's a little odd, but it's also like, but then when you start looking at where patient zero is from and where the actual, all these infections are, it's, it's all in yeah. Wuhan. It's not in Hong and, Kong. And when infections tend to be bad in the Northern hemisphere, they tend to, I mean, that's like, there's always a bad outbreak in the Northern hemisphere in like January. Yeah. It's like par for the course. Yeah. yeah. I saw a lot of people think that this will go away once the summer season hits. Because that's something similar to, I think, the bird flu. I can't remember if it was bird flu or the swine flu. One of them really died off during the the summer months. I think both of them to a degree, but but yeah. uh, One scientist said that that could have been a coincidence, that those just happened to end during the summer months. So Mm -hmm. not to just bank on this disappearing when that comes. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely different. I personally think, I don't think that it's like a bioweapon or anything. I think it's just something that happened to jump from animals to humans. But yeah. it's scary. It's scary to think. And it's also scary to think that this could happen with more viruses in the future as the global population continues to grow and we continue to encroach upon different habitats. We're going to be interacting with more animals who could possibly have be carriers of some virus that we don't even know about yet. So coronavirus is definitely scary. And I think that it's just going to be interesting to see what the future holds with regards to zoonotic viruses. I agree. <sighs> yeah. All right, you guys, <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year. We're here. We talked about coronavirus. Is it that time you guys, should we pick out our next, next week's episode? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, and if you have any more suggestions for us for topics, send them to us. You can do it 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. You can send them to me on Instagram at 13th floor pod. You can send them to James on Facebook on the 13th floor Facebook page. All right, Alex, what are we talking about next week? Oh, next week. We're talking about witches. witches. Which we already talked about. That, that was like- <laughs> and this was suggested to us, and I don't know if it's if it's Jaime or if it's Jamie, but I bet it's Jamie. Jamie S or Jaime S. So <laughs> thank you so so <laughs> I'm so <much>. sorry. <laughs> we butchered your name. Thank you for sending us the suggestion. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about witches next week. And <laughs> If you, witches get stitches. Yeah, witches get stitches. You know what? what? Someone is either going to think you're very dumb or very intelligent, depending on if you got that name right with Jaime. Well, it's spelled <laughs> J-A-I-M-E. Yeah, yeah, it's Jaime. Jaime. We'll see. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't be Jamie, be J-A-M-I-E? I don't know. Everyone spells their names weird now. It's true, man. There's an <laughs> epidemic of weird spelling. And Jamie or Jaime. No, no, J- I'm, I'm James. I'm not trying to insult you. I'm sorry. Oh, right. James. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. Anyways, mm. um, Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, 
I almost burped while saying this. <laughs> no, I, and no. <laughs> iTunes or wherever you listen to music. Wherever you listen to music. Yeah. If you guys like. The song's called Signal. Yeah, it's called Signal. It is, but you can't find it on those services, so I've kind of quit saying it. Oh, I'm it's sorry about that. It's just for us, you guys. Uh, <laughs> he did make it just for us. Until next week, you guys. We hope that you can keep, keep it, it strange. strange.